What is up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021 here on Locked on Seminoles, and I am joined by Mr. David Wise. Davey, what are we doing today, baby? FMFFM week, Drake. We are talking Miami Hate Week, talking Florida State football coming into this game, where we're at, and what this game means for the season and this team. Perfect, perfect. And folks, thank you so much for making Locked on Seminoles your first listen each and every day, whether it be in the morning, afternoon, or at night. And Let's get on with the show, not holding any back in further. It is officially Miami Hate Week. Let's go. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake, and as I said earlier, I'm joined by Mr. David Wise. Before we get into this day, Dave, Dave, how are you doing, my guy? I have a complaint, Drake. Um, This state is stupid. I don't like that it's 35 degrees in the morning, and then by lunchtime, it's 85. Doesn't make any sense. Really hard to figure out. Not a fan. Yeah, that uh, try living in Baltimore for almost four years and having to literally deal with that in the month of October. But we do not cover weather here. That's a different program, a different section, a different format. We're here to talk about FSU versus Miami, hands down the greatest rivalry in the history of collegiate athletics and also maybe probably the greatest rivalry in the history of sports. Don't you say that, Dave? I have Red Sox Yankees, but it's pretty close. You know, I'm a well, baseball guy. Well, that's because you're a Yan- I mean, so am I, but that's because you're a Yankees and Patriots fan, so you make no sense to me. But. We're not discussing your allegiances here. Right. Let us talk about what should we be, what should be our outlook heading into the game? Because this is a Miami team that, as early as three weeks ago, we thought were 50 shades of pure, unadulterated ass. They were not a very good football team. They were struggling with De'Ara King. He had offseason, he had soul surgery that knocked him out for the rest of the year. And then enters Tyler Van Dyke, some kid from the central of Connecticut who was the third string quarterback and was started out of necessity. And he has kind of, Gave them a little life. So what should we be expecting outlook-wise, you know, heading into this game, looking at this Miami team? I have zero expectations for this Miami team. Look, they're Miami. They're due. It happens every year. It's really adorable what they've done the last two weeks. It is. It's cute. But they're going to come back to earth. They're going to probably lose out or something ridiculous. It's Miami. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke... That's that's cool. He's had a couple good week stretches here. I God, I wish he just ate crow after that video he did, but didn't happen. Lucky for him. They're not good on defense. They have I mean, Rambo's obviously a good receiver, but no one else on that offense really scares me. I'm I'm good. Yeah, and folks, we'll do like a deeper game preview like on Thursday and Friday's episode. I'm still we're still working on to see if we can get a uh, another journalist on from either one of the other outlets to discuss Miami in deeper detail. But for right now, today we're going to discuss more what we should be expecting heading into this game. Uh, I'm kind of with you there, Dave. My, primarily, I was on the Lockdown AC program basically saying that Tyler Van Dyke is not a good QB, and all he's done is throw 10 touchdowns and one interception. So what do you think should be sort of the messaging that the head coach, the head coach, Coach Norvell, and the rest of the staff should be sending to these kids for Miami? Because this is, we haven't, remember, we haven't beat them in what, the past four years? Like four years? I forgot who it was that I saw say this on Twitter. I think it was Keir Thomas. If you need to get up for this, if you need to be told to get up for this game, then you shouldn't be playing. He said, this is why you come to Florida State, for this game, 
for this rivalry. The message should be, this is Miami week. This should be the week that you make this your Super Bowl. You, you, you don't put yourself in bad spots. You focus on your practice. You get healthy. You, you rest up for those that were sick. And you make this your one and only priority of the year. That's the message. Yeah, and for also that was Keyshawn actually Keyshawn Helton that said that after the NC State game. But I mean, Kier Thomas did say that he. I mean, he, he's from the Miami area. He actually was once a Florida State commit. I think in yeah. Jimbo's last class, but with Jimbo, you know, heading out, he decommitted up in South Carolina. It's kind of funny he's circling back to over here. And I mean, you're right. I think remember one of the questions that we asked last year was, what, what if we could pick one player each to like bring back to the program, who would it be and why? And one of the ones I think that um, Max and I kind of like had the same answer a little bit for the same reason. Like we put, we chose Devontae, Devontae Freeman because I think whenever Miami we, uh, Miami we came up because he's from the Miami Central area. He, that's where he went for high school. With uh, I think Taylor Lockett was the coach there at the time. Uh, the Hurricanes didn't offer him, and he made it a point that every time he played Miami, he would rush for an insane amount of yards, catch the same amount of passes, and score a touchdown or two like in each and every game in the rivalry. So it is important that these kids understand that. This is a rivalry that predates, I think, before even they were alive, before we were alive. It's something since like the late 70s, early 80s, where these were, at the time, the two best teams in the country. And we simply hate each other as, as you know, just like as a long-standing feud. So it's something that, you know, you, you it, it just shouldn't take you that much to sort of get up out of bed to, you know, I want to beat the crap out of them by 50 points. Yeah. I, again, for those new ki- newcomers to this team, I hope they're indoctrinated because one game doesn't define a season, but you should want to beat Miami. I know Florida's up there too, but you should want to beat Miami more than anyone on this schedule. And you shouldn't need to be told to get up for this game. If you're banged up, you should want to, I mean, I imagine kids that are banged up are going to want to play anyways. If you're not feeling great, you're going to want to play anyways. If you're feeling good, you're going to want to play better than your best. This is Miami. Yeah. And ironically also, this is basically Mike Norvell's first time coaching the actual game. Cause remember last year, he, yeah. We lost the bye week last year because he wasn't able to coach the Miami game last year. So, actually, I remember they asked him, like, you can see the energy with him, and hopefully it's contagious through the rest of the team. And like you're saying, like, some people that, you know, that unfortunately couldn't play against the NC State apparently already are back at practice. I think Jordan Travis is back out there as well as Dylan Gibbons as well. You are definitely seeing these sort of kids, like, be – it's Jarvis Landry, I think, said a hard knocks a few years ago. It's contagious. This is is a game that you simply harp on. And and it's a Miami team that – we're going to get into in a second where winning this, not, not only winning this game, but like keeping it competitive, making it a game that's something to remember, something to watch is going to be really important, not for just for this year, but for years to come to show where we are amongst the big three. Yeah. I mean, going into this game, you got to throw out everything that's happened the rest of the season. We, you know, we started, started awful. We looked great after that kind of back on a downside down. None of that matters. We're O and O for this week. That's what matters. That is, that is what matters. That is what matters. And not only that, folks, what else that matters? Your picks, your picks, your picks. And our friends over at Prize Picks right now are having a promo code with Locked On with ourselves. Listen, we discussed this last time. If you want to take a prop, whether it be Tyler Van Dyke under rece- uh, passing yards, Charleston Rambo under receiving yards as well, or maybe also you do a little bit of an under over under for Jermaine Johnson at a half a sack or one and a half sacks. I'm taking the over on that because the offensive line isn't particularly great, so head on over to prizepicks.com or head on over to the app right now. Use promo code Locked On. You will receive 100% instant deposit that will be matched up to $100. The promo code is Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. 
So now we'll go, let's go from expectations to sort of the implications of this the game. Implication. The implications of this game, Dave. And what do you think is something that is not really being talked about, about, about how important this game is heading into Saturday? I think... I think everybody knows Mike Norvell's job is very safe out of just pure necessity where the university is at. But I think a lot of people, whether they're in or out on Mike Norvell, rests on how this game looks. Maybe not necessarily so much the outcome, but there's a lot of people still on the fence with Mike Norvell, despite the fact that we're getting better, which again is a pretty low bar because we were so bad before this. But I think a lot of people are looking at this game like if we don't look competitive and we just get blown out, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to be confident we have the right answer here. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I think that for one implication that was actually we're that's coming from this game is where exactly are we yeah. with this rebuild, right? I mean, we under, like we all of us understood that last year was a year zero or a mulligan in some circumstances because COVID, you know, prevented a lot of stuff from happening, whether it be rehab, whether it be installing installing offensive and defensive schemes. This year, you kind of see where the defensive scheme actually kind of takes a little bit more of a hold, where if we're being completely honest, it may, I'm not going to say it may have saved Fuller's job because there's other things, you know, at work in the back, but it definitely has helped him a lot. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it's kind of like, we don't know exactly what's, what's going on here or if, if Jordan Travis is in there. But the implication, right. I think it shows that if we're able to keep close with this Miami team, who, like we said a few weeks ago, was dead to rights and was not a good football team, we're able to keep it even close, which I think should be a lot of people's mentality coming into this game. It kind of shows that we're on the right direction because we got blown out by 60 points last year. And we also haven't beaten them or been competitive against them since, what, 2018? Yeah. You, you know, you brought up. I had to pick my microphone up for this point. Oh, Drake, God. Drake, <laughs> listen, all 14 of Miami's fans were ready to fire Manny Diaz like not even a couple weeks ago. Uh, it a team that was in that position and it looked a couple weeks ago like we were trending and couldn't have been more opposite directions us going up them going down i don't want to say a couple games changes that for either of us but two teams two weeks removed from those feelings this should not be a game where we don't look like equally matched teams it, it shouldn't if i don't want to say i'm okay with losing because i'm not we should win this game again two weeks ago their head coach was 99% fired. God, I hope they keep him. But if if we don't go out there and look like they're not better than us, holy shit, Drake, it's going to be hard to be a fan. No, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I think it's also that, like you said earlier, their defense isn't particularly that good. I mean, right. Rhett Lashley might be pulling on Kevin Steele over there and might be doing some backroom dealings, you know, get the head coach and tell when Miami's out. Not saying that it is, not saying that's the case, but, you know, rumors are rumors, but... It is sort of like Manny Diaz was basically out the door. You right. had Mark Mark Cristobal's name was already you know, was attached to the new job. Lane, we we did the fun, you know, playing Miami's AD. We're gonna hire Lane Kiffin. No, right. we're not. We're gonna, you know, we're a school that doesn't care about you know athletics as a whole. So we're gonna hire you know some no name group of five coach real quick to replace him. Kind of like we go or maybe we go we might go the Temple route again for the third time in a row because we got Al Golden as well. But yep. yeah, this is a team that. While they may have an injection in the arm really soon, I mean, really, I mean, recently, it's still a team that, at its core, fundamentally, is still like a team that you are, should be able to comp not only be competitive against, but also have a decent chance to win. Especially yeah. because the only thing that changed with them is their quarterback. And if right. you see, we're the best defense they've played. 
since the Michigan State defense. There is no talent gap between these two teams. I, they do not have a for for all the deficiencies in Florida State's roster. Miami does not have a better roster than we do. There is absolutely no reason, barring Jordan Travis not being able to play or barely being able to play, why we should not go out there and stand toe-to-toe with this Miami team. And look, we're going to get more into this. One of the big legs up we have on them in terms of our program's momentum, it's a running joke, but go look at Miami's recruiting ranking. You got to scroll way down to find it, like way down to 50s, 59 or something. They're like over there with Western Kentucky and Rice or something. Something ridiculous. Florida State has number 13 class. We still have a lot of kids, including legacy kids like Marvin Jones Jr., Armella, who, look, you may say that we're not likely to get some of them, but if we go out there the last four games of the season, starting here, starting with a statement game against Miami, not only can we keep the number 13 class, we can improve upon it and put some more blue chips in the fold. And Miami does not need to be given a reason we don't need to give Miami a reason to make their recruiting any better than it already is. No, folks, what when Dave means that might have to look really down there, I'm looking at 247 right now. You have to scroll down because they only give you the first 50. You have to click load more. And Miami is 61st in the country in between San Diego State and Wake Forest. So hmm. if that doesn't tell you the state of affairs right now recruiting-wise with the University of Coral Gables, that just shows you that basically how Manny Diaz has not been able to kind of sell that message to recruits. and. I mean, whether or not it's faux momentum, was a faux momentum he's in over summer? Yeah. And then, I mean, it's basically the equivalent of what Dan Mullen's doing right now over in Florida where he, they don't do in-season recruiting. Yeah. But, no, I agree with you. Basically, like, we'll discuss a little more in the next segment how recruiting-wise this is going to be very important. But I think I want to wrap up this implication text real quick because I do think it is important that we keep this game close and competitive because this game has led to a lot of people what you know being either fired or going off to new pastures. Like Willie Taggart, that I know Wake Forest was the game that kind of you know set the things in motion, but then the way we looked against you know University of Miami, the, the hit, to me Taggart's tenure is defined by Stanford Samuels looking to the other cornerback and putting his hands up as D Wiggins, the wide receiver, just coasts in. And to me, this is a game that I know Adam Fuller has done very well the past few weeks. I think that this is a game where if his defense doesn't show up or if he's not able to scheme or even keep them closer, limit the attack. I'm not saying shut them out or limit them to less than 20 points. TVD is very good. Jalen Knighton, I think, is the best, could be one of the best running backs in the ACC if he's able to put on some more weight and care, have, and receive more carries. But if he's able to not contain them but keep us in the game as, as he's done against NC State, against Clemson, against UNC, that, to me, that will be enough for his job. But... If we see him lay another egg, like last year's 50-point disaster, then we might be you know, show the man the door, his walking papers super early. So to me, this is a game not only for our perception as a program, but also some people's and the staff's jobs. For, for me, I, I, have more, I have more view on Kenny Dillingham here. I don't want to see another first half where we come out and put ourselves having to dig out of a deep hole in the second half. That's never a good thing when, again, the defense is still a work in progress. If Jordan Travis is good to go and healthy for this game, I I, I do not want to see one of those games where we just start out and let them take a 14-21 point lead because this team's not built to come back from that. So I got my eye on Kenny Dillingham. You got your eye on Adam Fuller. A couple coordinators on the hot seat, maybe. 
I will say that this Miami defense has seen a lot of attrition due to injury. I think they've had th- like I think five or six players enter the portal. Two of them actually entered this week in their linebacking core. I mean, they had a kid that met, that had a former receiver, Mark Pope, try to transfer not transfer over, convert to DB because their DBs were so un you know just not very good. Yeah. So I agree with you. This is definitely a a point to be made by Kane Dillingham that your offense should be able to sign a little bit, be a little bit creative, and have sustainable drives because that's the one way we're going to be able to win this game or actually at least be competitive is if we have these sustained drives to keep our defense off the field. Cause right. if you saw with NC state as much, as much crap as you know, some people gave them, they were kind of, they were pretty gassed. Like, I mean, they were on the field for a very, very long time. And folks, one of the things that we do, you know, when we're bored or when, you know, FSU is down a half down by 14, we look at the lines and we look at, we go to our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and Easiest way to bet all your latest sports action, whether it be UFC, NBA, college basketball is tipping off as we speak, and NHL. And Dave, I'm going to come with you today with our line of the day, and it's going to be a fun one. UNC is traveling to Pittsburgh. Who do you think is favored in that game? My God, I would think Pitt is. Pitt is favored by six and a half points. Yeah, that sounds about right. So for UNC against Pitt, do you take the Pitt minus six and a half or... Do you take the total that's around seventy three? You got you got two quarterbacks who are both going to play on Sunday soon. Um, I still can't get over the fact that Sam Howell has become a running quarterback. If you have two quarterbacks who are equal like that, most important position on the field, it's a tie to me with the quarterbacks. Give me the points. That is, folks. If you want to fade Dave, take UNC plus six and a half. Which, quite frankly. I think that's where I'm going to lean towards, too, because I like UNC a lot better. I think Sam Howell kind of turned it around with that recent win against the best team in ACC with Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. With Sam Howell, leads, I think, leads the country is on pace to break Lamar Jackson's record for broken tackles with 21. <laughs> so, folks, if you want to fade Dave and join me, take the UNC plus six and a half. And also with Dave, you want to ride with him, take Pitt minus six and a half. So we discussed expectations. We talked about the implications as it meant for the program and the staff. Let's talk about the implications sort of on a more micro level. Yeah. With, with There are approximately, I think as of right now from my listing, I think there's about 12 to 13 kids coming in for official visits to the game. A lot of kids that are uncommitted. A lot of kids that are committed. I think Travis Hunter actually might, is going to be making the trip down as well, which is a very good sign for folks that are freaking out to see if he's going to UGA. I want to ask you, like, what does this game mean for these kids? And also, what does what do you think needs to happen for these kids to be convinced and co- kind of confirm their commitment to Florida State? So I'm the kind of person that probably overestimates the importance that, like, individual games have on these kids. Like, I know, I think Max... No, same. Not- I, I agree with you. I agree. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Max is the only one that doesn't right. think Max them. <laughs> Like I think I know Max thinks like they think like they're paying attention to other things, their kids. But no, I mean, I mean they truly are to the other. Look, <laughs> we may have a much better class, and they may have an awful class, but we do recruit against each other. We do recruit for Florida talent, even though I think Miami doesn't have a Florida, South Florida recruit committed, right? But anyways, we they don't. We we have pipelines in the South, long established. Mike Norvell came in without huge Florida ties to recruiting the staff. Didn't have huge Florida ties to recruiting and winning the battle of Florida, meaning Miami and Florida, the battle for the state that matters. Florida is just a ticking time bomb right now. That program is in shambles. Dan, Dan Mullen's like 
more out the door than Manny Diaz was two weeks ago, which is incredible considering where they were last year. I mean, Jesus Christ, Kyle Trask left, Kyle Pitts left, and then all of a sudden Dan Mullen just stopped caring. It almost feels like Jimbo Fisher did after Jameis left, but Florida's on the downswing. Miami's terrible in recruiting right now. Dan Mullen doesn't recruit during the season. It is such a prime opportunity to kind of put the kibosh on the other two in-state schools that matter, their recruiting efforts, and, and we can kind of have a stranglehold on these blue chips in the state right now, other than like, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame, Iowa State come in recruiting the state of Florida. But if we have an advantage, a leg up on Miami and Florida, that is massive. As the young folks would say, would say, the other schools are down bad, man. We're all down bad, pretty down back here with all these state schools, whether it be us, whether it be Florida or Miami. Yeah. Florida is missing, like, they're not reaching their expectations. I mean, their other quarterback, Anthony Richardson, apparently, Maya Torrance MCL dancing in the hotel. You have Manny Diaz, who had the, fo- the fomentum, you know, sort of speech, and then also he has the sixes ranked class, and he has not a single player committed in South Florida, which, if you can't commit your own backyard, that's, that's I mean, that's why I say Luther Campbell uncle luke right now like acting a fool right now on twitter he's pleading for help uncle luke i'm you know we love you here but god sorry my man but you're right we need to capitalize when every other school is unable to sort of commit or actually you know perform well or get these kids to to commit to them especially because our talent right now as we've discussed repeatedly our talent right now isn't sort of like across the board at the power five level whether it be along the offensive line we've talked about our wide receiver play and how it's been a major issue on offense we discussed our linebackers being the the sole probably the primary weakness of our defense so this is primarily a very strong moment where if we can capitalize and show that we are the best team the best option in the state for those kids that you know don't go to clemson don't go to alabama don't go to uga or and even a kid that you know like a demario tolan or a wesley besant or nigel kelly who's torn between us and miami because they're in-state kids from south florida that we're able to show them that hey we're the better option this is the time now to show that basically that this is our, that we are the better option for them moving forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a rare moment in the state of Florida where none of the schools really have the ability to negatively recruit the others. And so winning the battle of the state really for three programs that are down is the pitch. So the result of this game probably does matter more than just a win or a loss in the column any other given year. Winning the battle of Florida this year, that's the only negative recruiting pitch you can have, right? I mean, like, you talk about stability on the staff. Diaz and Mullen on the way out the door, that's a pitch we could have, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people aren't convinced yet that Mike Norvell's necessarily the guy. It's hard to claim stability, even though we do have some minute semblance of stability right now. That's not a real pitch. So what's the pitch? That we have a good class? Well, we do, but... We got to keep that going somehow. And the, the other two not recruiting. Oh, and also we beat them. It's the best pitch we got right now. So I want to disagree with you a little bit saying that a win is more important. I, cause I think that primary, I think one of the reasons too that, and I think Max alludes to this when we discussed the Notre Dame game, like where if a certain ball is thrown, right? And the wide receiver, whether it be one of the ones that we have, drops the ball. If it's a close enough game, if we lose to Miami, say 30 to 29 or 30 to 27. And we lose, you know, on a last second, you know, touchdown that, you know, was dropped. You're able to point out to the kids, hey, you're the one that can make that catch. You can be the difference maker that, you know, pushes us over the hump to actually beat this team. Correct? Yeah. I mean, 
look, at some point that message stops resonating. I can only hear, I'm not, I don't even play in the games. I'm not going to, but I can only hear so much of that shit before I just can't take it anymore. It, it stops losing its genuineness. It's mm-hmm. disingenuous to keep saying, look at us, look at us, look at us, but you're not getting the result. The performance matters. No question. At mm-hmm. some point, you don't turn that into W's. It's hard to take that message and do anything with it. No, I agree with that, but I, I don't think we're there yet, primarily because this is only year two. And I think that that mess, like, I agree with you. If we're having the same conversation next year in this game, then that's sort of like I'm kind of with you on that, where the, where the actual outcome is a little more, is have more heavily weighted than actual performance in the game. But I think right now, you kind of, with this class specifically, if you noticed, no one's decommitted, really, besides Aluba. Trayvon Williams and Ontavius, and I think Ontavius Woody might be flipping over to Auburn. Nigel Lee Kelly, right? Yeah, Nigel Lee Kelly, that was before the season started. I'm talking about like during the season, right? And it kind of shows to me that if this team, as long as we stay competitive with the Miami team, the most of them are going to stay. And we're also going to be able to convince other kids like a Kevin Coleman that you like, like a Nigel Lee Kelly. Maybe, and especially now with Julian Armella probably not going to LSU after the the absolute storm that's going on with there right now so to me this game is extremely important for recruiting as you said but i think it's really important that we just keep it not only a competitive game but also a fun game for these kids to actually be watching because like like we said before these kids aren't on, on saturday nights watching the games if they're actually at the game we need to make sure they have they have the best environment there and also showcase that they can be part of this great rivalry for years to come because that's prim- the primary reason why they want to go to an fsu you know to play against miami to play against florida Final thoughts here, Drake. I apologize in advance for you needing to censor this, but f*** that. F*** Miami. I want to win this game. Recruits want to see us win this game. Players want to win this game or they shouldn't be here. Coaches want to win this game or they shouldn't be here. I don't want to hear it about keeping the game close. No. If we if, if we keep the game close but they win, you know what they can pitch? Our coach was halfway out the door. Look what we've done now. And they still couldn't beat us. Oh, with their 13th ranked recruiting class and our 60-something ranked recruiting class. And look what happened. We beat them again, like we did every year for the last half decade. No, screw that. Get a win. I'm not saying it's we're selling that we're keeping it competitive. I'm saying that we're we're selling that we're we're almost there. That to me, like that should that's probably the best case scenario made possibly for this game. Do personally to me, I think we can easily win this game. And I think that where everyone is striving for this game. I'm not accusing anybody of, you know simply want to be competitive, simply want to keep it close. I simply am saying, if you're selling something to a kid, especially a kid that why would I want to come here? Oh, you can you know replace a kid right here. You're going to start immediately. We see right now with kids right now transferring left and right, leaving schools because they're not playing. So to me, that's part of the pitch right here that basically they're going to be coming in, they change it around, they flip it, become just like their head coach and actually win the damn game. But right now, we also got to understand that this is not a good football team. We need, we're going, we're almost there. Just that's the primary purpose of what I'm trying to say here. No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I get it. I just, I can only hear that message. Of, oh, I know. It's exhausting. It's, it, it is know, exhausting. It and is it, exhausting. But the problem is that we've only been doing, having this conversation for maybe what, two years now? But like last year, we yeah. and also, but also last, I know, I know. However, we have said that like yeah. I, I, I'll be on record right now saying that I'm not having this sort of, you know, we're almost there speech next year if that makes you feel any better because i yes. think this 
this to me is the finality is the end of the year for this one. Look, you see a lot on Twitter about people saying, oh, we're a basketball school, we're a women's soccer school, we're, we're this and we're that. And it's funny because they're not wrong. If we want to get back to fo- Florida State football mattering, beat Miami. Beat Miami because as you can tell, as you can tell, folks, I have edited around this because I snapped at Dave, accusing me of wanting to only be competitive. Dave knows me very well. I'm a very competitive person, and we want to win this game. I think we actually have a really decent chance to win the game with if, Tra- if Jordan Travis becomes fully healthy on Sunday, Saturday. I think he will. I think that defense for Miami is not good. I don't think TVD, if you keep him off there, if you give him a little bit of hell in the backfield, we'll be able to win this game. We'll discuss that more tomorrow. And folks, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you can, don't forget to rate, review, like, share, or subscribe either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And also, if you want to see Dave's beautiful face and his messed up hair, head on over to YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, touch the subscribe banner and also ring the little bell you'll be you'll get all the new content whenever a new video drops and thank you all so much for the love and support for myself drake that was dave who i think just disconnected and we'll see y'all next time on lock on sevens baby take care